Welcome to Pete's Soup. I'm your host, Jim McCarthy. For this episode, we're going to take our first real dive into child development, and what subject could be better for a podcast than speech development. Part of why it's taken me so long to talk much about development is that it's really easy for any talk on milestones to turn into me reading off a list of ages and skills. So to avoid that, I dug through my phone to get some examples of my son talking to help us along the way. Before we get going, there are a couple things to note on developmental milestones. They're meant to be a general consensus on the average age a child should achieve certain skills in a given area, and they act as a safety net to identify potential problems that might need to be addressed. There are a lot of minor variations depending on which scale you use, but they all follow the same major points. From a provider perspective, a child being behind on milestones is much more important than being ahead. Completely anecdotally, I've seen a lot more kids who are exceeding milestones than ones who are lagging behind although parents will always smile if you let them know their child is advanced. Being ahead in one area also doesn't mean a child should be on the same pace in every developmental domain. A toddler who's already riding a bicycle but is right on schedule for speech doesn't need therapy to bring him up to the same level. As long as everything is in the right general range, you just keep watching him grow. Depending on the milestone chart you use, timelines can be more broad or granular. Some give a range of months that every milestone should fall into, while others list skills for almost every individual month. For this episode, we'll use the AAP's well-child visit schedule, one month, two months, four months, and on from there, to help give us a rough outline. I don't have any great tips for helping you remember the timing of the milestones, but the progression from one step to the next does make a lot of sense. It's pretty similar to learning to play an instrument. First, you figure out how to make sound in general, then how to make different sounds, then how to vary them and put them together into something that sounds right. We'll keep coming back to that analogy along the way, and now that all of the introduction is over, we can get started. At one month, there's not a lot going on. Babies cry and make throaty, grunting noises. To use our instrument analogy, they're ramming into the side of the piano and shaking things enough to make some noise come out. There isn't a lot else happening, so we can move right along to two months. At two months, the sounds are a little more organized. Babies start cooing and making other vowel-like sounds, the oohs, ahs, and other sounds like that, although hopefully with a lot less bass than me. Instead of smashing the whole piano, sometimes they're brushing up against the keys and creating sounds that are the basis for making actual music later on. Once you get to four months, things are a lot more interesting. Between two and four months, babies start chuckling and laughing out loud, which makes everything a lot nicer for new parents. I don't have anything musical to correspond to that, it's just a lot of fun. In terms of engagement, they start to look at people who are talking and at least seem to be paying attention. Four-month-old infants also have a differentiated cry, meaning it sounds different for different needs. There's a more distinct sound for hunger versus frustration versus being scared. Personally, I've found that crying sounds like crying no matter what's happening, but it's on the milestone list, so I'm telling you about it here. Six-month-olds finally get to the point where they're starting to hit individual keys on the piano, making distinct sounds like la, ma, ba, and da. It doesn't seem like much, but learning how to make those individual syllables and basic babble is the foundation of making words down the road. They also start taking turns with speech, waiting until someone is done talking and then responding with their own babble, which is another sneaky important skill in speech development. By six months, babies also start responding to their names, making happy and displeased sounds other than laughing and crying, and blowing raspberries. 
which isn't super functional for speech, but it's still cute. Over the next few months, babies learn more and more syllables and start mimicking other people's gestures and sounds. By the nine-month appointment, babies also start repeating the same syllable over and over again, saying things like ma 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 or ba-ba-ba-ba-ba-ba-ba-ba, which you'll see described on tests as polysyllabic babbling. Instead of just hitting the piano key once, they're pounding that same key again and again, playing around with the sound. By one year, speech is really starting to take off. Babies start saying mama and dada for the right parent, and the first few words are starting to come, usually really basic things like more, ball, or bottle. Their receptive and nonverbal language skills are also a lot stronger. They can follow some basic commands. For your next exam, it would be a one-step command with a gesture at this age, and will nod or shake their heads for yes and no. Between 12 and 15 months, kids go into my personal favorite stage of speech, jargoning. Jargoning sounds a lot like talking, with changes in inflection and tone, but there aren't any actual words. It's hard to describe, so here's an example. Should we cover you up right now? Should we cover you up? That clip illustrates jargoning really well, because to someone who didn't speak English, it might very well sound like we're having an actual conversation. Even if you do speak English, he gets his point across even without saying anything. It's a super fun stage because there's this little person running around who knows exactly what he wants to say and how it should sound, but doesn't know any of the words. It can sound emphatic, or sometimes even like a beatbox. For other skills, by 15 months old, most kids can follow a one-step command without any gestures as a hint, and they typically know three to five actual words. Going back to the piano analogy, they're starting to be able to put a few notes together, but not quite a full song. For the next three months, kids' vocabularies keep growing, up to 10 to 25 words by the 18-month appointment. They start using blends or giant words, two word phrases that run together as one, like stop that or all gone. Even though it would be nice to give them credit for knowing two words, it really only counts as one if you're trying to tally them all up. 18 months is also usually the start of the wonderful stage where toddlers start to say no appropriately and shake their head when they disagree. It's not the most enjoyable, but again, it's an important skill. The next scheduled visit isn't until two years, and a whole lot happens in those six months. Two-year-olds can understand the concept of me and you, refer to themselves by name, and can put together two-word sentences with a noun and a verb. A two-year-old speech should be about 50% understandable for someone who doesn't know them, and they can follow two-step commands, like bring the ball and give it to me. In the music analogy, they go from being able to put together a few notes to playing some chords and basic songs. This is also the point where I have to confess that I am the least musically talented person I know, and I'm running out of steam on the piano analogy. Luckily for me, from here on out, speech development is mostly about becoming more complex and understandable which saves me from embarrassing myself trying to talk about more complicated parts of playing music. By three years old, sentences stretch to three to four words long, and speech is 75% intelligible for a stranger. How well someone can understand a toddler's speech is actually one memory trick I can offer for this. The percentage of speech someone who doesn't know the child should be able to understand is the child's age in years divided by four. 50% at age two, 75% at 3, and 100% at 4 years old. 3-year-olds can also give you their first and last name, tell you a friend's name, and understand prepositions like in, on, and under. 
At four, kids are practically little people in terms of speech. The speech is completely understandable to anybody. They have a vocabulary of anywhere from 300 to 1,000 words, and their grammar keeps improving. They can also sing a song or tell you a poem from memory, although it's not unusual for that to come earlier. Four years old is also the age when kids start telling stories, whether they're true or completely made up, which can be both entertaining and exhausting. Basic storytelling or recounting events is also a skill that can come a little bit earlier, like this story from my son about what happened when I was hoping he would take a nap. I take my socks off. I take my socks off and pants. Once you get to the next visit at five years old, kids keep refining their skills and start to like rhyming and alliteration games. They speak in six to eight word sentences and can tell a story with a clear beginning, middle, and end. At five or six, kids will also start asking what unfamiliar words mean and describe events in the order they happened. There isn't much else to add from there. Speech milestones get a little bit thin toward the end of the line, and that's exactly where we are with this episode. For take-home points, remember that babbling starts at four to six months, jargoning and first words come at a year, and kids start forming basic two-word sentences at age two. Speech gets more and more comprehensible, going from 50% at two to 75% at three to 100% at four. We didn't mention this earlier, but the first intervention for anyone who isn't meeting speech milestones is a hearing evaluation. You can't learn to talk if you've never heard someone do it. And then moving on to more targeted testing if that doesn't give you the answer. Thanks for listening. If you like this episode, give us a rating on iTunes or wherever else you find your podcasts. You can follow me on Twitter at pedsoup, P-E-D-S-S-O-U-P, and message me there or by email at pedsoup at gmail.com if you have any comments or suggestions for future episodes. I'm Jim McCarthy, and we'll be back next time with more Pede Soup.